This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. HPC Market Update. Roadmap to European Exascale. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell. That's Tiffany Trader. Tiffany, we're getting ready for ISC next week in Frankfurt, and we've got a couple of stories related to European high-performance computing. But before we get to that, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about our refreshed market numbers for high-performance computing, which I'll also be talking about at the conference. Yes, great. As you said, as we're recording this, we are in full swing for our uh, ISC uh, preparation, about about to head over there. Um, so certainly a, a lot to look forward to and discuss, but um, let's get into um, some of those so some of those market numbers. Um, what, what have you got going on? I know I've, I've seen um, some of you reporting on the, the servers and, and the storage. Yeah, we do the market numbers every year, and the high-performance computing market worldwide for 2018 did grow again from 2017, modest growth of 3.2% to reach $36.1 billion in 2018 worldwide. Servers, again, are the largest category within that, but here we're talking about all product and services spending, the servers, the software, the networking, the storages. Uh, we, we, uh, we do all of those uh, independently and track those in our product and services segmentation. The growth has been driven again by the commercial sector. That's been the major engine of growth. Commercial markets uh, create more than half of the market revenue for high-performance computing or half of the consumption by revenue, and they've been the big growth engine for the past several years. We are seeing in the forecast that government is starting to return more into that uh, growth sector, but even in the five-year forecast, most of the growth is, is going to come from those commercial markets. The most interesting thing that happened in 2018 versus 2017 from a product and services standpoint was that the growth got concentrated into that server category as people moved to heavier node configurations. To give you an idea, the server revenue grew 9.1% year over year, where storage was a much flatter 1%. And that happened uh, primarily because of the focus on AI, where we saw a lot of people configuring more GPUs and other accelerated components into the servers. The server configurations got a little heavier and consumed more of the budget relative to everything else. We also saw things like the expansion of NVMe storage components also moving on node. That becomes a server component and then increases the price of that server. This is similar to a dynamic that we saw happen five, six years ago with big data as people incorporated more flash storage. Uh, they had the same number of bytes overall, but more of it was flash, more dollars per byte, and therefore storage got a bit of a bump in those years. This year, it's the server components that are getting a little more of a bump in the spending, predominantly because of AI. Okay, and um, how did things uh, shake up with the HPC server revenue by by vendor? I know uh, I think HPE has been in the lead before. Were they in the lead again this year? HPE is still in the lead, although it's getting close. HPE had a good year, and Dell had a very good year. Dell has been the number two vendor narrowly behind HPE and is within a percentage point of overall revenue share at the top of the market before you get down to 
a close third place between IBM and Lenovo and then some other vendors just behind. Now, then you've got Cray sitting there. HPE yeah. is going to acquire Cray, and that will be a few more points of share bumped to HPE on the server side. Uh, but that won't happen this year. It certainly didn't happen last year, but that'll be part of the 2020 numbers. Dell has a very good chance of catching HPE for the server revenue share lead in 2019, depending on how those dynamics play out. And that's regardless of storage and some of the other components. And uh, Dell's showing some good growth. Cray is showing good growth. Yeah. In general, the vendors were all, not all of them, but most of them were growing on the server side. Like I said, we saw 9.1% growth year over year in uh, in the servers. The storage was a lot more uh, competitive where that, where that was flatter and therefore there was mostly sheer reorganization. Dell EMC retains its number one spot ahead of NetApp. The interesting thing there is that because of its position with storage, Dell is actually the number one revenue share provider if you talk about servers plus storage or or total HPC solutions, including all spending, then, then Dell becomes the number one. So if you look at servers only, it's narrowly HPE, but if you look at the whole package, it's Dell EMC. You also reported on the HPC cloud numbers, and I know that we saw some growth in your last report. Is that trend continuing? That has been continuing with the double-digit growth in high-performance computing applications in public cloud. And we even offer a report that breaks that down into raw cycles, storage, uh, environment hosting like IaaS and PaaS, and application hosting or SaaS. And we're forecasting that going forward to continue its double-digit growth through the forecast period. Now, that's coming from a relatively lower base in high-performance computing. It's not going to overwhelm the market in that time frame, but it is certainly the, the healthy growth area, and, and that will continue over the five-year forecast period. The overall HPC market does look good for the uh, for the foreseeable future in that five year forecast as we forecast a six point eight compound annual growth rate through twenty twenty three for the HPC market as a whole. Again, that'll be driven by industry. We even look at the different commercial vertical markets within this. Energy was the biggest grower uh, last year, 2018 over 2017 on a percentage basis. Chemical engineering uh, is, uh, again, coming from a smaller base, but that's got the highest growth rate on our forecast over the next several years as we see some of the big chemical uh, manufacturing companies investing in supercomputing to go beyond process like computational fluid dynamics in a mixed tank to get a good yield to really do more of the science or molecular dynamics of the chemicals that they're producing and, and move some of that uh, research into uh, simulation and high-performance computing. So chemical engineering is one of the, the highest growth verticals. Uh, energy too, right? Energy also has a high growth rate. Now, the, the biggest vertical markets overall are finance and manufacturing, and which one of them is bigger is uh, depends on your taste for putting consumer product manufacturing together with the automotive and aerospace industry. There, there are two manufacturing segments. So do you consider a company like Toyota or General Motors to be in the same vertical market as Procter & Gamble or Unilever or, or Ping Golf Clubs and Zip Wheels? If that's one manufacturing segment, then manufacturing is the biggest. If those are two separate manufacturing segments, then finance is the biggest individual segment. 
development. But we can report on that either way. And we see interesting growth in finance right now having to do with machine learning and AI. And that's been something we've talked about for the last year as we've seen uh, a lot of machine learning deployments in finance, in particular looking at pricing applications. Those dynamics are all explored in our vertical market segmentation of the forecast. Oh, great. Um, and how do you look at media and entertainment? Media and entertainment is one of the vertical markets that we have there, but it's not as big as you would have seen it in prior reports because, first of all, going back to traditionally, people thought of rendering as an HPC application, and it was, but it's not really anymore. Every once in a while, you find an application that doesn't get more complicated as fast as the computers get more powerful. And what used to be done on a huge Cray or SGI supercomputer on a rendering side uh, you know, eventually it was done on clusters of smaller servers, then workstations, then PCs, and now grids of thin devices do rendering. It really precipitated out of the bottom of the market. Most of what we see in media and entertainment now is digital content creation and distribution. And that's really properly considered a hyperscale segment more than an HPC segment. There are going to be companies like YouTube underneath Google and, and Netflix and Hulu and you know, Comcast, AT&T that do digital content creation and distribution. Uh, that's really part of the hyperscale market, and we track it over there. There is still some... HPC usage within media and entertainment, but when you see it on our HPC charts, we're looking at um, the, the use of high-performance computing or supercomputing, mostly for high-end visual effects, uh, you know, getting the flow of the hair right in some anim new animated feature. Uh, that can really be an, an HPC application that we still see. There. So uh, as we mentioned, we're going to be in ISC next week, and I know you just had some reports come out. Will you be talking about those reports there? Sure am. I'm going to give an HPC and AI market update on the show floor at, uh, at ISC next week on Wednesday afternoon, hosted by Microsoft in the Microsoft booth. And that will be on Wednesday afternoon at 2.30 p.m., uh, in the Microsoft booth. And uh, if you, you'd like to see me expand on some of the numbers we just talked about, then swing by there. And I know that there's going to be a lot that we're talking about at ISC, including the other big news story this week is we started getting a little more uh, insight into the specific pre-exascale and exascale plans in Europe. Yeah. So, I mean, the HPC community is always you know, definitely a very international community, but um Recently, Europe in particular has been making a lot of announcements this year with momentum building for Euro HPC, and they just had their Euro HPC Summit week in May, and then this week um, they announced the uh, eight eight sites uh, for the new so-called pre-exascale high-performance computers that are coming, and and those uh, the, the countries are uh, Bulgaria, the uh, Czech Republic, Finland, Italy, Luxembourg, and. Portugal, Slovenia, and Spain, and we'll, we'll get into a, a couple of those sites that have have announced a, a, f a few more details too. So, but um, there's the Euro P the Euro HPC joint undertaking, which is kind of uh, taking over the process that was was previously Horizon 2020, and this one is uh, to carry Europe, you know, through the exascale era, standing up to machines and even beyond. I think they're 
out of like a 15 year time frame for this. Uh, so 19 of the 28 countries who are participating so far, and they keep adding them, uh, but so far in the joint undertaking, 19 will be part of the consortia that are operating the centers, these eight centers. The targeted domains uh, that they've announced uh, are personalized medicine, drug and material design, bioengineering, you know, all the weather forecasting, climate change, um, all the, the usual um, applications that you'd expect to see. So two of two of the centers are that that were that were selected here are the Barcelona Supercomputing Center in Spain, of course, and as well as uh, CSC in Finland, and they have both announced 200 petaflop systems. Barcelona Supercomputing Center said that theirs will come into operation on the last day of 2020, December 31st, 2020. Very specific for um, a very specific uh, timeline there. Uh, and then um, the European Union would be investing about 100 million euros into that, which they said is the highest investment of its kind in, in Spain. And then the rest of that investment will be come from will come from the Ministry of Science, Innovation and Universities, the Catalan and the states that supported the bid, which are Portugal, Turkey, and Croatia, um, with contributions coming from them. And that is uh, the Mare Nostrum 5, um, the, the four, the, of course, the forerunner to the, the four, and it will be um, 17 times uh, more performant than that system. And they also said 10,000 times um, higher than the, the supercomputer, um, the first supercomputer, Mare Nostrum. And the other center that announced this 200 petaflops, um, a, a 200 petaflop system is CSC in Finland. That's peak. They've uh, put out a 100 petaflops as a limpack target. Um, and that will have over 60 petabytes storage with a flash layer that provides um, more than one, one terabytes of bandwidth. And it will be um, comprised of CPUs and GPUs. We don't know which ones yet. And that one's expected to begin operation in the last quarter of 2020. Just a quick correction or clarification. It's actually three of the eight sites selected by Euro HPC joint undertaking are precursor to exascale machines with planned performance of at least 150 petaflops. The other five are deploying petascale machines with a minimum of four petaflops. So it's three pre-exascale and five additional petascale. The three sites selected to host the pre-exascale machines are the Barcelona Supercomputing Center in Spain, CSC in Finland, and Chineca in Italy. There's a lot of detail here in all of these systems coming out, and I'm delighted that we're going to be able to get more details on these at ISC. There, there are a couple of talks geared to this. I think what really interests me in these pre-exascale systems is that they've divided this up into a couple of consortia. There's the Finland-led uh, consortia that's sort of a, a northern European consortia that includes those Nordic countries as well as Belgium, Poland, uh, the Czech Republic and a few others. And then there's the, there's a, a, a southern consortium that's uh, Italy and Slovenia. And then there's a Spain-led consortium that also tends to be southern, but it's definitely spread east to west with Spain, Portugal, Croatia, Turkey, all part of uh, that other Spain-led uh, consortium. And then our astute listeners will notice there are two co countries that haven't been mentioned yet, which are France and Germany. And so, all right, well, where are they? Well, those have been tapped to have the actual exascale systems when we get there. And they haven't uh, announced a lot of the details yet, but uh, but a good bet that we'll hear more about France and Germany when it comes to the, the details of exascale itself. 
Yeah, and and you know, just just a footnote to you mentioned those consortiums. The 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 Northern European consortium of, associated with the, the Finnish Center is called LUMI, L U M I, uh, which stands for Large Unified Modern Infrastructure, and I believe that also means snow. Um, I think ah, in in Finnish. <laughs> I did not know that, although yeah. it might be one of those urban legends about uh, having uh, eighty words for snow in Finland or something like <laughs> that. If be. you put a few Could letters be. together, it's bound to mean snow somehow. Yes, that's right. So I think it's also worth mentioning here that um, we've also heard heard a little bit more about the EPI, the uh, European Processor Initiative, which is working to to on the uh, the Made in Europe processor. So they've announced three targets there an HPC general purpose processor, an accelerator, as well as an automotive uh, targeted processor for, for autonomous uh, vehicles. And um, they, they put out a, a road, they put out a, a roadmap for that saying that they're going to, they're going to rely on ARM and RISC-V, you know, the open source um, uh, instruction set um, there. Um, and they uh, they say that uh, the aim of this is to develop a low-power microprocessor technology, and they say to be tentatively uh, included in um, a European the, the pre-exascale system. Um, you know, depending on how things go, and, and subsequently the exascale systems. Yeah, very interesting that we get these now native European plans. Now, of course, ARM uh, itself has been purchased by SoftBank, which which is a Japanese consortium, but it's still licensable technologies, and we can have a a homegrown European ARM processor in addition to this RISC-V processor. And it, it interests me, of course, that we see more international exascale efforts at this point based on ARM than we do on, say, Intel, which is the current dominant market share across all of high-performance computing as well as petascale computing on the top, five, uh, top 500 list. So uh, in theory, a, a big shift over as we go from the current production systems to at least the experimental exascale systems. That's a lot of scalability to start going after in a couple of years. There does seem to be a, a shift happening there, yes. So we're going to talk about all of these things at ISC. I'm looking forward to traveling to Frankfurt starting this weekend. One of the big things I'll be doing when I get there on Monday afternoon in the Panorama Room from 1 to 3 is I'll be one of the moderators again for ISC Vendor Showdown, where you can watch myself and my co-moderator, Rupak Biswas of NASA Ames, take on 10 of the different sponsoring vendors in speed presentations, where they'll answer snap questions from us as the moderators, and the attending audience gets a chance to rate the presentations as they see them, and we'll award a winner at the end of the event. I also already mentioned my market update presentation Wednesday afternoon in the Microsoft booth, and uh, I hope I'll be able to see some people there. How about you, Tiffany? Things you're looking forward to at the show? Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the vendor showdown. I know you also have the, the vendor showdown two going on as well, which will be hosted by Dan Olds, right? That's right. Dan Olds and Mark Parsons are yep. the moderators in the other room. We've got to, we got so many of them, we got to break them up. So <laughs> if right. I don't get to interrogate you this year, sorry, but you'll be in good hands with Dan and Mark in the other room. Yeah. So, but I'm also looking to, as we both are, looking forward to the student cluster competition. Oh yes, yeah, always um, a favorite. Yeah, those results are announced at at, at the end um, in the closing keynote with, with Thomas Sterling. Of course, we we all look forward to that. He does a bang up job um, closing that show. Uh, there's going to be some post K updates. Um, I think we're both looking forward to learning more about that. 
Uh, there's going to be, uh, well, you mentioned the um, Germany has been picked for an exascale site, and there's going to be an update on that. Uh, it's called, called an update from the Gauss uh the Gauss Supercomputing Center, that's going to be on, on Tuesday um, at 12.30 in Panorama 2. And um, looking forward to the keynotes. The opening keynote will be um, held by Ivo Spazzarini with TU Dresden. Uh, his team is working to develop computational methods and software systems to better understand biological processes on an algorithmic basic basis. So that talk, um, he's going to discuss how HPC is being used as a tool for scientific investigation for hypothesis testing in, um, in, the, in that field. And then there's another keynote too by um, John, John Schaff, uh, the, the Closing Tuesday keynote. Um, he's going to be giving a keynote titled HPC Beyond Moore's Law. So those are some, just a few of the highlights I'm looking forward to. And doing a podcast, our, our podcasts. That's right. We're going to do two podcasts this week in HPC while we're together in Germany, and uh, we'll be posting those after the show. I know we'll be talking about the new Top 500 list, as well as some wrap-up from the conference in terms of what are some of the big trends that we see there. So I'm looking forward to it, Tiffany, and uh, if you'll be there as well, come find us. Looking forward to Frankfurt next week. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. See y'all there. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.